Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders. People who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. Hey grinders. Recently, I've started to rebuild my website using Wix. See, in the past, a website for a non-techie person like myself was really a pain in the butt. I had to find someone to build the site, relay what I wanted, pay thousands of dollars only to have to go through months of editing and eventually just putting up with what I had. I wanted to start with a blank slate and design my website the way I wanted it. That's why I chose Wix. First, I was able to start building my site and publish it for free. I chose from over 500 stunning templates to find the exact feel and look that I was looking for. I could change, customize, and add anything I wanted wherever I wanted. Now, I've only been working on the site for about an hour a day for the past two weeks. I'm not quite finished yet, but can't believe how quick and easy it's been to use and how professional it looks. What would have taken me months to complete in the past and thousands of dollars, I have completed in only a few short hours myself. Plus, everything is automatically optimized for any device, desktop or mobile, which for me is super important for my business. What I've learned is that building a website doesn't have to cost thousands. It doesn't have to be a headache and can actually be really easy and enjoyable with Wix. To get started using Wix today and get 10% off, go to Wix.com forward slash podcast. Again, that is Wix, W-I-X dot com forward slash podcast. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome back to The Daily Grind. On today's episode, I sit down with Ruben Gonzalez, who shares with us an incredible Olympic story. He wasn't a gifted athlete. He didn't take up the sport of luge until he was 21 years of age. Against all odds, four years later, he was competing in the Winter Olympics. At the age of 47, he was competing against 20-year-olds in the Vancouver Olympics, and at 55, after a seven-year break, he's back on the international luge circuit on a quest to become the oldest person to ever compete in the Winter Olympics in Beijing in 2022. He takes people's excuses away. He's proof that ordinary people can achieve extraordinary things if they will follow a few simple steps. Everyone, this episode is amazing. Enough said. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, sit back, and dive deep in today's interview with Ruben Gonzalez. Enjoy. Well, Ruben Gonzalez, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. Awesome. I am fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, Ruben, say for some people out there being first introduced to you today, just kind of explaining a little bit more of who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. Um... I'm a, I'm a four-time Olympic athlete. I did the luge in the Winter Olympics. Uh, my first one was Calgary, and my last one was um, uh, Vancouver. Awesome. And 
ever since 2002, I've been a professional speaker. I mostly uh, uh, open and close big events for associations and for um, uh, big corporations all over the world. And wow. written a few books along the way. Wow, that's amazing. When did you get into luge? I got started in in 1984 when I was 21 years old. Oh, really? Uh, 21? Way too old. Yeah. No way. too way. old. So typically with that sport, when do people start? When do people usually get into it? Usually get started when you're 8, 9, 10 years old. Really? And, and you uh, compete at the junior level, which is a lower start on the track, so mm -hmm. not as fast. Uh, till you're 19, and then you have to go to the senior. And so and there's a, there's a junior start, there's a ladies and double start, and then there's a men's start way up at the top. But since I started so late, they they pretty much crammed 10 years of learning into two years. And uh, but I've been cramming for tests all my life in school, so it's okay. I'll <laughs> Amazing. So it was by the time you picked it up, you were 21 years old. When you were 23, that was your first Olympics. I was uh, no, I started when I was 21, so I was about 25 uh, on my first one. Wow. It was two years of cramming, and then the next two years, uh, I had to compete in the uh, World Cup circuit, uh, about 10 races every year, and you're trying to uh, get as many World Cup points as you can, and then right before the Olympics, they, uh, top back then, top 50 got to go, and 51 watched it on TV. Now it's top 35 get to go. I keep making it harder. <laughs> no doubt. So when you were younger, did you ever want to be an Olympic athlete? Like, Was that in your vocabulary and thought? When I was 10 years old, I saw the Olympics for the first time, and I was hooked. And what uh, what drew me to the Olympians wasn't their athleticism, it was their spirit. Right away, I, I realized this is a mm -hmm. group of people that are willing to train for years and years and years with no guarantee of success. I just wanted to be in the club. It was not ever about the medals for me. I just wanted to be one of those guys. But it wasn't until 20, I was 21 that I started taking action. That's when I, the belief kicked in. Wow, what drew you to luge? <laughs> I'm a slowpoke. Uh, I got a lot of heart, but no body. Okay. So I was always the bench warmer. It was very frustrating. And I was always the last kid they picked for PE. And when I was 21, I'm watching the Sarajevo Olympics on TV. Mm -hmm. And I see Scott Hamilton. He's a, a little tiny um, uh, figure skater from okay. the U.S. He's a he's an 18-year-old kid, weighed about 110 pounds soaking wet, and he wins the gold medal. And he gave me hope. I thought if that little guy can win, I can at least play. I'm going to be in the next ones no matter what. I just got to find a sport. <laughs> and so I went to the library, and I picked Luge because my nickname in high school was Bulldog because I was always very tenacious and very perseverant. And so I thought, it looks like a lot of broken bones, maybe a lot, a lot of quitters, and I won't quit. Maybe I can let my perseverance take me to the top. So I based my plan on my strengths and uh, white-knuckled it for about 25 years. I hated it. But it was my ticket to the Olympics, so I just really? uh, stuck with it. Wow. So you got into luge with the intention of being a, an Olympian. That's right. That's right. I mean, if I could have done it with ping pong or soccer or, you know, sports that I like, I'd, I'd much have rather done it that way. But, I, but that, those vehicles weren't going to take me where I needed to go. So I had to change vehicles. Oh, that's amazing. And why was that, like, I'm so fast. Like, why was that so important for you to be an Olympian? Like, what was it? Do you know? Well, it, I just wanted to be one of those guys. Yeah. I, I put them up on a pedestal when I saw them because I thought, man, these people, they're like superheroes, right? Yeah. Because I mean, uh, they're regular people, right, that are willing, very focused, and they have a goal, and they're willing to outwork, you know, work, do whatever it takes for as long as it takes. And if I, you know, they made it. So I thought, man, I, I want to be, be one of those guys. And kind of like Seinfeld wants to be 
uh, you know, Superman, right? Yes, Superman, <laughs> same thing. I want, you know, I would be an Olympian. <laughs> awesome. Well, during your Olympic career, I know that a lot of Olympians and specifically I recently heard Michael Phelps and Sean White, they both kind of talked about how once the Olympics are over, there's kind of a lapse and they went through a bit of a depression. Did you ever have that yourself? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know how you hear uh, women uh, right after they have the baby, uh, yeah. they have postpartum depression. Of course. Yeah. Because now, you know, before it was the dream of the baby, and now you got diapers. <laughs> so uh, it's the same thing. You know, you have a big dream that you've been gunning for all these years, and then you reach it, and it's like, now it's like, now what am I going to do, right? And you're kind of lost, and you have no no, no sense of direction. And it happened to me after uh, the Calgary Olympics for about three months. I was really down. Yeah. And uh, it happened to me after the Albertville Olympics. And then right before the Salt Lake City Olympics, uh, which was 2002, this little kid in my neighborhood asked me to be his show-and-tell project in school when I came back. So when I came back, I, I went and told my story at the school, and the principal, and I was a copier salesman at the time. Okay, and, interesting. And the, the principal, uh, after the talk, he says, man, you got a gift. You need to do this for a living. Uh, and I said, what, you get paid for show-and-tell? And he said, no, it's a speaking profession. Don't you know anything? And apparently I didn't. But he was so in my face about it, I thought, you know, I was having fun up there. Maybe I can inspire some people to go for their dreams. And it sure beats knocking on doors trying to, you know, sell a copier. Mm. And so I quit my job three days later. And, uh, no way. And, and I started building a business. And so all, I, I had this new dream. I had always wanted to have my own business, but I didn't know how to go about it. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I have this. And so I, there was no time to be depressed because I had a brand new dream. And that kept me busy for the next six years building the speaking business. And then I got bored because it was, you know, it was built up and running well. And then that's when I started training for my fourth. <laughs> I, I get bored easy. I need a challenge. Yeah, no doubt. So when you were training for your fourth and you had built up that speaking business, do you feel like because you found sort of a new passion, something something else to put your energy into, it was much more enjoyable third experience or fourth experience for you? Yeah, and uh, and also I, I wasn't putting it on credit cards for the first time in my life. I was ah, got you. Cash, and that took a lot of pressure off. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, but I was so old. I mean, even at the even at the Salt Lake City Olympics, uh, I was thirty nine. And you go to the you know you go to the Olympic Village and the Winter Olympics, you know, average age is mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Here I'm 39. I felt like a dad going to visit his kids at college, right? It's <laughs> awesome. And to top it off, everybody's asking me if I'm a coach. I thought, no, I'm an athlete. Nah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and so then in uh, in Vancouver, I'm 49. Wow. Well, 47, 47. Everybody's asking me if I'm coach's dad. And now I'm, I'm making a run for Beijing. I'm trying to become the oldest Winter Olympian in history. And I don't know what they'll be asking me there. But, uh, but so – uh, yeah, it, it was different, you know, gosh, just being able to not have the financial pressure uh, uh, made it a lot enjoyable in a different way. Yeah, you know, it's it's so fascinating to me because as an Olympian, I mean, you're the, these are the top athletes in the world and to have those financial trouble, like it, it's just, it's really baffling and you continue to hear it, you know, over and over and over again, but it's still, every time you hear it, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and then uh, the other thing that, that they need to realize is, uh, you know, when you finish your sport, you, that's your identity, of right? Course. It's been such a high, yeah. and, and that's 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 your DNA. And all of a sudden, you gotta, you know, gotta figure out how to how to how to make it work in the real world. And they tend they tend to believe the dumb jock 
uh, thing. And what mm-hmm. they don't realize is that they are, uh, if they will treat their new job or treat their, their new business as an Olympic event, they have everything that an employer would love to have an All employee, the tools. You know? Yeah. Work, yeah, work ethic uh, and, and coachability and focus and, you know, on and on and on. So they tend to sell themselves short where they, you know, they've got this winning attitude that they just need to sell themselves, sell them, sell that, right? Yeah, no doubt. And it's so funny how, I mean, for athletes, typically once you're 30, in most sports, you kind of, that's when the decline happens. And for, you know, I can't imagine, like I was an athlete, so I kind of went through as well in my own way at like 25 having to transition, but people like it's like everything you worked for for your whole life. You're 30 years old now. It's stripped away from you, and you have to start fresh. Like it's crazy. Yeah, and it uh, tends to seem like, and people don't understand, right? Most people don't don't get it. But uh, after uh, after that sort of experience, real life seems like black and white. You know, where you've gone from color to black and white, and you gotta you know you gotta figure out and you know something else is gonna drive you because uh, otherwise. You know, I've heard of, of Olympic uh, gold medal winners, which is even uh, you know higher high, yeah. uh, committing suicide afterwards because they you know, they're, they're so lost. Yeah, I think I think I read a statistic that seventy five percent of athletes who are retired wish they were better prepared for life after sports. Like that's mm. just a baffling number to me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, there needs yeah. to be more out there. So for you. You find this newfound passion for for speaking. You want to get on stage and help people. Like for you, how how did this evolve? Like who were you originally <laughs> speaking to, and then eventually, like what are you doing now? Just to let people know. Sure. Well, I uh, it's funny, you know, I, I believe it or not, I'm an introvert. Okay, and, and a lot of speakers are introverts, and mm-hmm. a lot of actors are introverts. But you kind of, you know, when you at least for me. When, when I get up on stage, I go, I, I get excited. I get passionate about sharing, you know, how you can reach your goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's all about them, right? It's not about me. I'm just the, I'm, my, my goal is I am trying to take their excuses away. I want them walking gotcha. out thinking, man, if that guy, that bench warmer, if that guy go to the Olympics, man, we can do anything. <laughs> and I want to be there, Scott Hamilton, right? Yeah. Because it's that fear of failure and fear of the unknown that keeps people from even taking action. They're just talking about it, but not doing anything. And so, um, so when I got started, I, I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of you know fifth graders, and the principal tells me that, and I, I thought if I can sell a copier, I can sell a Reuben too. So I quit my job. <laughs> my wife, you know, full time mom, and we have a one year old daughter, and she was ready to kill me. Right? Wow, yeah. <laughs> mom's not happy, <laughs> but but I I knew I could pull it off. And so I just since I had just spoken out of school. The only thing I, I could think to do was, well, I, I'm, I lived in Houston at the time. I'll just call all the Houston schools. There's like 700 of them. Gotcha. I just went from A to Z. I'd call the principal, and after a while, you figure out that you never get the principal, right? They're always putting out fires. Yep. So then I tried the, the uh, counselor, the president of the PTA, follow up with faxes, emails, massive action. I mean, all day long. And then I started getting booked, but I didn't even know what to charge. Uh, I mean, I was charging 500 bucks. Sometimes I did two or three in a day. But the, the, the Olympics were in February. In March, I go and do that show and tell. So March, April, and May, I'm I'm living the dream, right? I'm man, I'm got my own business. Of I'm course. making good money. But, but I forgot that the summer's going to be dead, right? School's off. <laughs> in July and August, nothing. I mean, zero income. We're already 
um, uh, you know, $50,000 in credit card debt from the Olympics. Mm -hmm. uh, we got three months behind our house payment, almost lost the house, uh, shot my credit. I mean, by August, I mean, I'm at the top of the world in February at the Olympics. By August, I'm on food stamps. Wow. So I'm lower than that. And at that point, I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm telling everybody, I tell everybody, you know, find a coach, find a mentor, find somebody that's already done what you want to do and just follow in their footsteps, right? You're the soldier, find the general. Yeah. And, and I'm not even taking my own advice. And so I thought, I got to find somebody that knows this business. I mean, I'm a good storyteller, but I don't know how to build this thing. And I discovered this uh, organization called um, uh, National Speakers Association. Okay. And, and they happen to have a, a chapter in Houston. So I went to a meeting. There's 50 people there. Only two are making it happen, okay? 48 of them are eternal card-holding members, but they're not doing it. They're, they're, they're good on stage, but they're afraid to pick up on pick up the phone. Gotcha. And I found one of the guys, and I said, hey, Jim, you know, will you be my mentor? And he said, I, you know, I'm not taking any mentees. Look at these people. They, they never do anything. I'm, I'm sick and tired of wasting my time. I only had one guy that even did the first thing. And I said, well, what's the first thing? He said, um, well, join Toastmasters. And they've got this program where over a year you do 10 speeches and then you get the certificates, kind of like boot camp for, for speakers. Yep. And this guy was so hungry he did it in six months, but he even quit. And I told him, okay, well, I'll see you in a couple of months, right? I assumed the sale, right? Of course. I didn't ask him, if I do this, well, you do that's weak, right? Well, I'll see you. And I told my wife, you're not going to see me nights for a while, which is the wrong way to go about it. Okay, I found out <laughs> soon. <laughs> but, but I joined four Toastmasters chapters in Houston. And I was at Toastmasters every night. I knocked it out in two months. Wow. I got my certificate, never been back. Right? I got that certificate and I tossed it on his desk. I said, look, I'll do anything you say, man. You tell me I got to shave my head and wear lipstick to make this thing happen. We'll do it right now. And he said, okay, you got me once a month. You take me lunch once a month. You got me for an hour. If you're smart, you're going to bring all your questions and I'll answer anything you got. At the end, I'm going to give you some homework. If we ever meet, you haven't done last month's homework, we're done because I don't want I don't want theorists. I want people who are going to do it. I said fine, but I can't buy you lunch. I'm broke. I'll take you to Starbucks. <laughs> so I took him to Starbucks. <laughs> First thing he tells me is I don't care if you're a ten-time Olympian unless you write a book. No one's going to take you seriously because an author is considered the authority of their subject. Interesting. Okay. And I said, man, I can't write a book. I made C's in English. My parents celebrated when I brought a C. <laughs> and he goes, you had a great story. You write it down. And write it down like you're telling it to your best friend, like a letter, right? Speak from your heart. And then we'll give it to some A students. They clean it up for you. That's just grammar. And I thought, wow, I didn't think about that. No doubt. Yeah, it's called editing. So shut up and sit down. I mean, it was like that. He's beating me up on the head. But I did it. And that book's been translated to 10 languages. It's opened up doors all over the place. Wow. He was right. So, so I did that. you know, And I just kept coming back. And he taught me the business. And, uh, and, and so about a year and a half, I spoke mostly at schools and became more and more corporate. I would speak anywhere, anywhere where there's people and anywhere where I could just hone my skills and, and, and figure it out. And then I started, you know, I would start calling corporations because and, and, being in sales, I knew there's always a sales meeting. So I would call corporations and say, hey, uh, you know, vice president of sales of a corporation or a regional sales manager, I'll just introduce myself to yeah. them. And I'd together a website. I did it all myself because I was broke. I had to learn how to do a website. And um, and it's good that I had to because th then I wasn't um, hostage to a webmaster, right? I mm. could make changes on. 
and but constantly, you know, I'm not a, I'm not in the speaking business. I'm in the speaker uh, uh, marketing business, right? Marketing yeah. my speaking. Hundred percent. Yeah, and so uh, got to share the stage with Zig Ziglar in huge arenas about twenty five times. I wow. learned a bunch from him, and learned how to how do you handle a big arena, five thousand people? How do you do it? And so I learned from, and I've always been green. I'm always, you know, um, my, my mentor uh, Jim. He said, look. We're just gonna throw mud on the wall. On the wall, some of it's gonna stick. We can clean up the mess later. Don't try to be a perfectionist. Perfectionists never get anything done. We're just gonna throw mud on the wall. And I still do that. Uh, I'm willing to try anything, and, and it works. You know, you just keep doing it. Um, you, your name starts, you know, getting recognition. People start finding you on, 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 on the internet. They see your, 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 um, you know, they see number one my logos now right i've spoken for over 100 of the fortune 500 companies and, and uh, they'll, they'll see testimonials from big people and videos and and um and you get booked right yeah. but i still have I'm marketing all the time where for you like i'm fat like where does that in- internal fire come from because not a lot of people have that a lot of people wish they were in a different position but are unable to take action and I think a lot of it's to do with what you had said, fear of failure, what other people think. But for you, where does that come from? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just uh, I, 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 just tell you, man, I, I'm ADD big time, right? And, mm-hmm. and thank God I am because I think most entrepreneurs are. That allows me to, to uh, work on many different things at once. And I get bored easy, so I'm always trying to do something. Yeah. And so that's part of it. And, and they call it, I've read uh, ADD books, they call it the explorer gene, right? They think that people like, you know, all these old time explorers, they had it, right? They were too, they, they were bored just sitting in a town. They had to go out, you know, and discover something. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm always looking for, for something like that. And uh, I, you know, I feel my whole life is a God thing. I mean, uh, I'm not a great athlete. I'm a four-time Olympian. I'm not a great, you know, I made seasoned English. I'm a best-selling, a real best-selling author, right? Not one amazing. of these fake Amazon ones, right? I've sold <laughs> hundreds of thousands Amazon of Amazon ones. ones. <laughs> uh, no, really. I mean, and, and um, uh, I'm a shy guy, and but something happens when I'm, you know, when I'm talking about this stuff. And so I, uh, I just try to, you know, when I'm up on stage, I just try to give people a shake, you know, and try mm-hmm. to wake up, wake up. You know those fears are a smoke screen. If you will, you know, if you will do what you fear, man, uh, nine times out of ten the fear will disappear, and and it's so true, and it's just a smoke screen that was holding you back, and and it's funny, you know, I'll get these emails after, you know, it's always two years after a talk. It's funny, it's like a gestation period. Yeah, uh, I'll get this email that says, man, I heard you speak two years ago, and I got fired up, and I lost fifty pounds. Or I stopped smoking, or I paid off my credit cards, or I started my business, and man, that makes you feel like, you know, great, man, I'm making a difference, right? Uh, so, so I just, you know, that, that fires me up. I guess that's part of it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Can, coming from where I came from, you know, it just like, mm, right? <laughs> so we can all do so much more. Absolutely. So for people out there, like who are started wanting to start a business or they have that idea in their head but they're not they haven't taken that leap yet like what's one thing that you would tell someone like that uh, uh, i don't recommend they they quit their job like i did that was, <laughs> eh, don't do that <laughs> don't quit no, your job everyone be smart <laughs> no no because no, you gotta unless you, you're okay living in a tent yeah exactly so, don't do that 
But number one, find somebody, find somebody that you can meet up with for coffee. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because you know what? You always hear about how people will say, oh, yeah, he's successful, but he's empty inside. He's looking for something else. Oh, yeah, she's successful. but she, you know. Well, you know why? Because success is the silver medal. The the gold medal is significance, and the only way you can get Love significance it. is by helping other people succeed. Significance just means you feel like you know you realize you're making a difference. You create a, a ripple effect, and so when you go to don't be afraid when you find somebody that, that that's already done what you want to do, whatever whatever arena it might be, look them up, find them, call them up, say, look, I admire you. I want to be I want to grow up and be like you, right? Can I meet with you and just get some pointers? And as long as you're willing to do whatever they say. You're not wasting your time. You're helping them get their gold medal as they help you get your silver. So it works both ways. So I'd be, that'd be the first thing. Yeah, I love the way you put that because I say the same. I mean, the re- the only way I've grown this show is by reaching out to people. And when I started this, I thought no one would say yes. <laughs> and I was amazed. I took massive action like you, Ruben. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, well, I could probably do five days a week. And here we are. But it's just okay. about reaching out. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? I think it's yeah. crazy. But all you gotta do is ask. I mean, oh. and I've taught my kids the same thing. You know, when my, uh, my 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 son wanted to raise some money to buy some uh, remote control planes, it was like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I pointed to my bookcases. I said, "Look, there's all these personal development books. You know, I'll give you ten bucks a piece. You read them and you write me a one page uh, summary. Right? And the summary doesn't have to be fancy. Just uh, your takeaways. I just want to know if you learned something." And man, he read read about eighty of them. Okay. Wow. And once that he really liked, I said, "Do you really like this one? Let's call up the author. I mean, he's just a regular person, so I don't want him putting people on on a pedestal, right? Because so no, they're they're further ahead, but they're not better than you. Okay. And so let's call him up. We call him up. We get him on the phone. We say, man, uh, you know, my son just read your book. He really likes it. You know, let me put him on. Click, and then they get to talking. And man, made that author's day. I guarantee you. And then my son realizes that, hey, that's right. They are pretty regular people. Yeah, and so many other parents will do the complete opposite thing when they talk about other people because, A, they're either jealous, right? <laughs> a, a lot of times they're jealous, they're super jealous, and then they're like, they put these you know, people who are so quote-unquote rich, like, oh, they, they're not like us, right? Man, when I was a kid and I found out that uh, – Rich people, you know, ended up paying more taxes because they do. They pay more taxes than yep. people, especially if compared to somebody in welfare. Uh, the person in welfare is just taking. Okay, he's not. He's not producing anything. He's not helping society. He's not doing anything. I was there. Okay, I was on food stamps for about a month. Right. <laughs> so at that point, I wasn't doing anything. I was trying, but you know, but so when I found out that those rich people made made, you know, they paid more taxes. I thought, hey, I want to pay more taxes. I mean, as a high school kid, I realized yeah. I always want to be rich. Still working on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you, you know what? The millionaires—they do the same thing that I'm, that I'm talking about. But uh, they don't meet with millionaires. They—they they hang out with billionaires. See, the, some of that will rub off. Yeah. Little zeros, right? And so it's just a principle of success: hang out with people you want to be like. Totally. Because you will—you will turn into the people you hang around with. You hang around a bunch of lazy, you know, whiny complainers, and you'll turn into one of those. Mm, absolutely. So for you, Ruben, I'm wondering, say you could go back in time to that time that you were on food stamps. You could look at yourself. You could sit down with your younger self and not change anything, but just offer a piece of advice or piece of guidance. I'm wondering for you what that would be. It would have probably, believe it or not, it probably would have been to, to 
to think even bigger, mm. you know, Big, because it's amazing. It, what if, right? What if, um, if there's no limits, your limits are only your imagination, right? And I didn't make that up. I just heard that the other day. I thought that's a really good way to put it, you know? So imagine bigger, right? Imagine bigger. What if, you know, one of some of my mentors they used to tell me, uh, they used to ask themselves some really good good questions. Why not me? Why not now? Yeah. Why not? You ask yourself those questions, your subconscious mind starts trying to figure out a way to make it happen, right? And so, um, yeah, think bigger probably, even though I was already thinking really big compared to a lot of people. Totally. And I love how you said, why not me? Because that was the shift for me. I was speaking to someone and going through what had happened to me when I was younger. And I was using the language, Ruben, like, why me? Why did this happen mm -hmm. to me? And she simply looked at me in the eye and was like, Colin, why not you? And from mm -hmm. that moment on, I don't know what it was at the time. Now I hear other people talk about it, so it gets a little bit clearer. But for something in my head was just like, you know what? Why not me? Mm -hmm. And then I've just taken that through. It's it, it's an amazing shift when you start to use different language as well. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, you know, I know a lot of your listeners are entrepreneurs, but I'm, I'm sure a lot of them uh, have jobs. Yeah, totally. Right? Lots. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Lots. Well, you know, if you want to get promoted... Right? Not everybody wants to be promoted. Some people are comfortable where they are. But if you want to be promoted, you know what you do? You go to your boss and you ask him, you know, I'd really like to get promoted. You know, can we come up with a game <laughs> plan? What do we have to do? You know, just by asking them that, that puts you in the spotlight. They're going to yes. be watching you. Okay. And so let's lay a, a game plan. You know, what do I need to study? What do I need to do? When can I help? Do we need to do like a, uh, you know, sit sit with you and check how, how I'm going every three months, every two months, whatever. But I really want to get promoted. Man, that'll set you apart. I want to get promoted from four-time Olympian to five-time Olympian. So you know what I did? I went to the coaches and I asked them, what do I have to do? And they said, number one, you got to stop lifting weights and you got to start doing yoga because you are all stiff from sitting down trying to write books. <laughs> and, you know, you, you, we need to stretch you out. Yeah. And man, that yoga really worked, right? But whatever they say, I'll do it. You listen. Just give me a game plan. You listen, you implement it, which is the biggest thing. There, there's only yeah. a certain amount of time where you can start intaking information, but eventually you implement. Oh, amen. Yes. I mean, you got all the other those 48 people were eternal learners, right? No, action is where the where the where the rubber meets the road. You got really, really, you know, you gotta sooner or later you gotta put the books away and boom, take action. Totally, Ruben. This went really quick, but for people out there who want to reach out, connect with you, where's the best place they can go? Uh, you know, my, my website is called thelugeman.com. So it's T-H-E-L-U-G-E-M-A-N.com. And there's all kinds of stuff there. I mean, if you're looking for a speaker, there's videos, also kinds of stuff there. Uh, but if, if i got online courses on how to become unstoppable and mentally tough. And i got a bunch of free stuff, articles and all kinds of free stuff. It's a, it's a fun place to go. Amazing. Everyone, thelugeman.com. I will share that link to make it super simple to connect with Ruben and check out what he's got going on. Now, Ruben, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is I'm going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. Oh, boy. You know, uh, uh, one of my favorite guys was uh, uh, George Patton, General George Patton. Mm -hmm. and he, he said, um, <laughs> if you're going through hell keep going <laughs> don't stop just keep going <laughs> love it keep going everyone and as you can see from this interview success is driven by passion hunger and today implementation and finding mentors 
Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had a chance to speak with the luge man, Ruben Gonzalez. Ruben, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. Uh, thanks for having me. That was a blast. The pleasure was all mine. And everyone, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, be sure that you are. We're coming out with content Monday through Friday. If you like today's episode, let us know what you thought. Share us your, share us your comments. And also, share this out with a friend. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.